Your weekly look at the new release shelf begins right now. How about something really exciting? New and excitingly different. That's a record. Enjoy the lift you get from the perfect blend of their new album. And they keep dropping, dropping. Coming up today on the show, brand new music from the Black Keys. And a band who's been riding close to the top of the campus community radio charts for a few weeks now. New music from Tunic. Plus, our guest this week might know more about obscure pop culture stuff than me. We talked to Ben from The Smile Case. I grew up in like a very like kind of small, like not like super religious, but like there's two churches in our town and one general store. So the, the majority of the people like God more than candy. From the capital of Canada, you're listening to The Album Drop. Here's Phil Shirakawa. And another episode of The Album Drop is on the air. Hi again, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'm Phil Shurikawa. Lots of fantastic tunes to get to this week, so let's get right down to business with an awesome band out of Queensland, Australia. They're called Blind Girls. Just a really cool uh, five-piece melodic hardcore, female-fronted melodic hardcore kind of band. Really cool-sounding stuff. You, you kind of math-core-y, um, post-hardcore. Just, uh, just a real fun listen. Their album is called Residue, and it's out now. From it, we start with a tune called The Ghost in My Eye. It's new stuff from Blind Girls, and it's here on the album drop.
You're listening to the album drop. This is Simon Ridley from DZ Death Rays. You're listening to the album drop.
album Residue. It's brand new stuff from Blind Girls here on the album drop. That was Lost Forms of Sequence. We heard Burial before that. The Ghost in My Eye, the first one we played from that record, which is available through streaming services and on Bandcamp. Really cool melodic hardcore sound from the five-piece group coming out of the Queensland province of Australia. Hello again, everybody. This is episode 402 of the album drop. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I'm Phil Shurikawa. Most of our episodes are available to stream or download anytime at our website, thealbumdrop.ca. So go ahead and check that out if you're looking for more new music or uh, some, just something to pass the time. Just, just saying. Let's talk now about Tunic, a really cool band, three-piece band out of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba. You know, keeping with the theme of uh, what we just heard on the show, there's another uh, really cool uh, hardcore punk band. Big sound on this record, described by the band as uh, feedback-laden filth laid over churning blows of drum and bass, which is a really excellent descriptor. The record's called Complexion, and from it we're going to play a song called Pores. It's brand new stuff from Tunic, here on the album drop.
You're listening to The Album Drop. Listen to previous episodes at thealbumdrop.ca. government has apologized for the album drop on several occasions. Winnipeg, there's Tunic. That was blessed. We heard nothing, nothing pours. The first one we played from their record, Complexion, 
which is out now via self-sabotage record. And the three-piece out of Winnipeg has been uh, at or near uh, the top of both the uh, regular as well as the loud versions of the Earshot Campus and Community Radio charts over the last few weeks. And understandably so, really cool, complex-sounding, noise-heavy release from the group out of Winnipeg. Now we're going to get to uh, brand-new stuff from um, a band from Los Angeles by way of Boston. They're called Potty Mouth, three-piece pop-punk act. Really cool all-female band. I had a chance to see them a couple years ago in Montreal, and uh, great, uh, great, great presence. Really cool sounds. Uh, Good-sounding live band, and uh, that transfers over uh, to recorded uh, music as well. The new record is called Snafu. Really well crafted and put together uh, tunes. Some of them have been kicking around for a while. One of them I know was a single about a year and a half ago that uh, they put out it's, uh, that found their way, its way on this record. So they definitely took some time to make a really good sounding record. And I think that they, they've done so with this one. We'll start with a song called Liar. It's brand new stuff from Potty Mouth here on the album drop. That you're a part-time friend I know you're nervous when you scratch your head You can smile but your eyes are dead you got a problem when you slip inside But you don't know you say what you did Don't say the word cause I know how it is
like this show? Check out past episodes at thealbumdrop.ca.
record is called Snafu. It's brand new stuff from Potty Mouth here on the album drop. That was 22. We also heard Dog Song Liar was the first one we played from that release, which is available uh, through all your streaming services and as well as on Bandcamp. And if you pre-order it through uh, the link on their Bandcamp page uh, through their digital store, you can get a copy of a, a hand-illustrated uh, comic done by uh, lead singer Abby Weems. There's only a couple hundred of those available, so if uh, that's something that you're into, go check that out right away. This is the album drop. Thanks a lot for listening to our show. I'm Phil Shurikawa. We're going to take our only break of the hour, but when we return, brand new stuff from the Black Keys, plus a really cool chat that uh, we had uh, with singer-songwriter Ben Andrus from the band The Smile Case. You don't want to miss it. That's a lot of fun. It's all going to happen right after this. You're only moments away from more great music. The album drop will return on CHUO 89.1 FM. The album drop continues right now. Here's your host, Phil Shurikawa. And we are back here on the album drop. I want to play for you now a conversation I had earlier this week with Ben Andrus, a singer-songwriter out of Tilsonburg, Ontario. And when he's not doing stuff with his band, The Smile Case, Ben is also the guy in charge of a very small vanity label called Blacktop Records. They release a lot of independent stuff as well as stuff for artists who... I've had some success in the past, and they're just looking to do uh, one-off kind of releases. Uh, more, most recently, working with artists like Lisa Loeb and John Wozniak from the Marcy Playground. So we talked about a whole bunch of stuff, including the new record, as well as uh, our shared love for obscured 90s stuff, including, but not limited to, the Jerky Boys. I don't know. I guess it is kind of like illegal, and I don't know like the the legalities. I guess with the Jerky Boys, uh, actually, uh, oddly enough, I added Johnny Brennan to Facebook a couple of years ago, and I was trying to get him to Canada to do some Q and A like comedy shows. He does the voice of Mort Goldman on Family Guy as well too. Oh, cool. Uh, a lot of yeah, he's a really really interested dude, and like it was like he. I gave him my cell phone number, and then we were gonna have a chat, and I'm just like thinking, I'm like, oh. I just gave the guy from the Jerky Boys my cell phone number. <laughs> I'm like, this is, gonna be a, this is hilarious. But yeah, no, it was so surreal. Like, we had a phone conversation and we were just going to chat about tour stuff. And like, that guy has the gift of gab. Like, he talked and talked and talked and talked and everything was so interesting. Like, he like started telling me about certain prank phone calls and the stories behind them. But what they would do is they'd do the phone call and then like they would follow up afterwards to like get permission, I guess, to, to use it on, on, on a recording. I, I, is how, how it sounds. But yeah, Johnny's like a really, really interesting dude. And he's just like, uh, like a lot of people aren't like really aware, but like he created like a genre and like, uh, and like there is so, so, so many people mimic and copied what he did i know i'm not the only one so it's just funny that that guy you know he probably uh caused a lot of the cell phone or not cell phone companies but like phone companies uh a lot of revenue with all these people adding call displays (laughs) on their phones so uh but yeah that's something i'm trying to work on i don't know if it if it will ever happen or when but 
I've been talking to him and his management. Uh, he's managed by uh, the guy who runs the Gotham Club in New York, uh, a very uh, well-known comedy club there. So we've been trying to trying to get him up to Canada for for a week. So just logistics are always fun when it comes to that stuff. And sometimes it can take months. And sometimes it can take years. So yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I'm sure that we're not the only two people that remember uh, the work that those guys did. So yeah, for yeah. sure. Is that like yeah? That, that's a thing you do a lot. Eh? Is kind of like reach out to stuff that was cool in the '90s and try to get. The... Yeah, like especially with the label and that. Like I like to put out niche releases. So I it's more of anything. It's a vanity project. When I put out stuff, I'm like obviously the idea is to do whatever I have the ability to do with anyone I've ever met in my life that does stuff, you know, in the industry and try to, you know, help those contacts. So, so records for them, obviously, you know, it's a business, but like, for me, like, it's like, uh, I get like, so like jazzed about like, and geeked out about like certain people I get to work with. Like even just putting out like a record for Lisa Loeb, it's just like, like that's Lisa Loeb. <laughs> She's awesome. Her music rules. So like, but yeah, that's a, uh, uh, a lot of the artists like you know have been like we uh, we've had mutual friends and like in the industry and you know facebook has been like a, a really weird tool where i've just like added it someone randomly that you know was in a band that i really liked and respected and then just it's neat the there's been a handful of folks that from the 90s that like even like john like from mercy playground like you know like we would call like i've you know slept over at his house and like he's fed me ice cream Oh, that's like, awesome. You know what I mean? Like from like, a, you know, dr- drunk on the floor and him actually like with a tub of ice cream feeding it to me with a spoon. And I'm just, you know, things like that where you're just kind of like, I don't know, like I know they're just people and stuff like that. But like these are people who shaped my life. Like as a as a child, like I I didn't grow up with a father. Like my, my father passed away when I was seven and music was a a big part of him when, you know, my memories of him would be with the acoustic guitar you know playing tom petty on a full moon fever have the song you're so bad on loop and uh, on repeat and, and you know playing the guitar along with it trying to learn it and like a lot of you know him showing me you know george thurgood and paul simon and a lot of like you know bands and trying to i i remember when i was like four years old probably like watching him put on a record on the record player and when he wasn't around like i figured out how to take the record out of the sleeve put it on the turntable drop the needle i remember watching what buttons he hit to turn the power and the auxiliary on and like uh you know it was music's been a big part so like when that's like your your biggest memory of your father is music you kind of that's kind of what i i dove into a lot like after he passed away as a child i just kind of started listening to music and just thinking um you know getting advice from these people who wrote songs and a lot of it was obviously bad <laughs> and some of it good but like i i a lot, a lot every song that i've ever heard I, I took to heart like even like you know something as silly as like the milkshakes bring the boys to my you know i mean any song is a real song to me i hear it and i, I try to take it as like you know that it means the world so when i get to like meet these people i know they're just people like i know singer Weedus is just a guy you know he wrote a, a, a couple big songs back in the 2000s and i get so jazzed about these people when i get to hang out with them and meet them and like you know not just because we've learned and became friends you know currently and like so a lot of these people i i don't hang out with and i just think you know i don't hang out with the singer marcy playground i'm like sex and candy sex and candy sex and you know the whole time but like 
I, I think about um, Shapeshifter, for example. I do, and sometimes, and I think about what those words meant to me as a kid, and, and how I took them, and how uh, certain things I did in my life, or not even just certain things I did, but even just moments like those were soundtracks. You know, the certain you know moments in my life, as corny as it sounds, I can remember. You know what songs were playing in the background at, at certain points of you know special moments and uh, so like music's always not just you know I know that's why music's here like a lot of people are attracted to it for different reasons but mine has became like a deeper kind of like a, a teaching tool I guess of some sort or something and it, it's still I haven't been able to grow out of that even at 32 years old I still you know listen to music the same way I did when I was five where I think that's a good thing because sometimes people, once they get a little bit older, they start getting a little more it's like cynical or whatever the, the word is that, that I'm looking for, yeah. you know, about stuff. So, like, it's nice when you can kind of keep an innocent outlook on music. And I, now I have children, too. Like, my daughter's three and my, my son's going to be two soon, and it's neat watching how they react to music and they love it and watching, you know my son hit crayons as drums and the rhythm and stuff like that it's it's like now i'm listening to like you know children's music like raffi and stuff i never i was always like right away thrown into a very mature world of music where i was listening to like you know queen or like bands like that black i remember being like driving around with my dad listening to like black sabbath and talking heads and stuff like that and like you know i never never once in my life did, did I ever recall being, you know, unless maybe my grandma says, my grandma might have like had me listen to like Sharon Lewis and Bram or something, but now I'm having my kids listen to Raffi and stuff and I've been like, even listening to that and some of it's like so, so deep and I'm like, oh my god, like, this is so awesome.
Well, there's so many points I want to hit on there. I mean, first of all, Raffi, Raffi is a treasure. Oh my goodness, yes. I um, we um, we Baby Beluga is my my kid's favorite, so we're like uh, we're all over that. Something about the, the 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 live version, I guess, from his Broadway show in the '80s. It's a stellar performance. The fact that this guy, that this this children's entertainer, especially in the '80s, the me generation, could sell out a venue in New York, any venue in New York City, to re- to record a home video show and captivate the whole audience like that, doing that kind of that kind of work, that speaks volumes to the level of talent involved there. Yeah, like we we have this like Bluetooth speaker, and like my my son's like having a freak out or something, or you know, he, or he'll just bring over the speaker, and like I'll be like, you want to listen to Raffi? And he's like, huh huh huh, and he's just like he'll just sit there and just like the voice like takes him over. It's incredible. Yeah, um, I think Raffi calls the adults that come to his show uh, calls them Beluga grads. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's such a. There was a, a really cool interview I, I, I read about about Rafi, it was kind of weird i can't remember it was like it was like a vice article or something like it was kind of trashy like variety or something like that but like it was a, a female writer who like wrote you know i thought about what it would be like to have sex with Rafi or something like that <laughs> and that was like you know so it was kind of like this racy article but there was like you know pretty much the moral of the story is, is that after meeting Rafi and how sweet of a guy she was like she didn't want to have sex with Rafi and like respected him more you know or whatever it's just like i don't know it was, it was kind of like a trash piece in a way but uh just Rafi's like the interview stuff though and some of the, the content and the history and there was a lot of stuff i didn't know about him that uh was really cool but yeah he just seems like a good guy like i just feel like i i don't know like he, he'd be like i let him babysit my kids any day yeah, no, I uh, I think we're in the same boat there. It's funny though, it's because uh, it's another thing you touched on earlier is that it's just, it's amazing how you know you, if you're if you're just a songwriter, your guy writes songs or whatever. I mean, maybe you don't have any intention for it, and you just kind of you write something, you put it out there, and and who knows what's going to happen afterwards, and that uh, that could very well be a thing, especially with some of the people that uh, we've talked about in the last few minutes here. Yeah, like it's like it's neat to think like like I don't know like uh, Brandon the singer Weedus for example like he wrote Teenage Dirtbag he doesn't have to work a day job ever again like the royalty rights coming in from that or people licensing it for covers or you know uh, it's been even in a couple movies and stuff like that like you know what I mean like he doesn't uh, One Direction just covered it for like a, a live DVD or something like that like you know that's awesome and I, I would love love that i don't think that's why i write songs like a part of me is like i know that like i have like even as a kid i remember my older brother he used to play in bands and stuff and like i remember always like you know my dad playing guitar and then my my brother doing nirvana covers in the basement and then my grandma had like a computer and i started like banging not knowing one chord just banging random strings on this like you know really weird old guitar in the basement that was never stayed in tune and just hitting stuff and making up words and recording on sound recorder and then finally like you know once i had a song i'm like i like this and then like you know in grade nine starting a band and it was like oh man like it was bad it was like i listened to i started listening to a lot of like faith no more and like mike Patton type stuff so i was trying to be all like experimental and like cool or something like the deftones a bit and like that wasn't like the cool hip thing you know for music when we were in high school like people weren't you know blink 22 was pretty cool not that so like you know we played at lunchtime and people would like throw hamburgers at us and like 
But yeah, I remember like showing my brother that the first thing we ever recorded, and I was like, we were, I was kind of proud of it. It was in grade nine, so you have to picture like, you know, I'm a 13, 14 year old kid, like 15. I don't remember how old you are in grade nine, but just like stoked on this thing. My brother has been in bands, and you know, I always kind of looked up to him, and I just remember him being like, I just sang in the band. I didn't play guitar, so I just did vocals. And I remember him just being like, dude, like, not to be like mean, but maybe you should learn how to play guitar. And like pretty much like his <laughs> nice way of saying like, you're not a good singer. And like over the years, like I've kind of like, I, I've like just got that. Like it never ever like upset me or bummed me out. It was always that common. Like, so I started playing guitar and like writing songs. And like, I feel I became an okay songwriter over the years. Like, I don't want to like be like, yeah, you know, Robert Plant and Jimmy Page all rolled into one, but like I'm happy and proud of the songs I write, but I am quite aware that like my vocals on recorded records and live shows might not be up everyone's alley. Like it's like a very raw, like music was really raw and real to me. So when I perform it, it it's raw and real. I remember like Alan Cross just like posted one of her songs that we did. And like just like you know a couple of people were like oh this is cool interesting someone's like i really like this um and then there was just like a couple comments says like baby shark is a better song <laughs> and i'm just like oh, i'm like well it is like baby shark's like a, it's a hit <laughs> i mean i've listened to the whole record and, and as good as it is there there is no hook that can touch baby shark that much i have yeah. to say So 
like I guess maybe we should talk about the new record a bit. <laughs> like, no, no, the the, uh, the mur- murder re- weather. Like when I when we I wrote that like like right after that Angel Beach record came out like in 2014. So it's been like a four year process, and like the songs came out pretty quick, and then we recorded it. Um, it's finally out. I'm happy about it. Well, there's there's uh, one but, song in particular I wanted to ask you about because it's the one that sounds sonically different than anything else on the record. That would be which uh, one's that? The Going Is Good. Ooh, yeah. That is definitely a little bit different. That one that one's like very similar to a lot of the solo acoustic. Like Smile Case like there's the acoustic Smile Case in the full band and like I've always just written the songs on acoustic guitar and I hear them in my head full band and then you know, I've always recorded them acoustic my whole life, and then I've just always been like, ah, this should be full band. So the last two records, you know, I have a band, and there's been some folks that have helped make the record, and friends have been on it. Like, this one has a slew of guests on it. Like, uh, The Going Is Good uh, has Brandon from Weedus on it. That was like, I don't know, it was really neat. My brother messaged me, actually, and he was like, is that song about dad? And then someone's like, oh, what, what girl hurt you, man? <laughs> like, you know, someone, you know, someone else. And I'm like, I really don't know what the songs are really about too much. Like, I think it, it would lean towards just, like, anyone. Like, I think it's more about a dream. Like, the album's, like, a very dreamy record. A lot of the songs reference, uh, you know, some sort of dreams or just, like, um, you know, looking back on stuff, I guess, uh, like hindsight of some sort. Uh, and um, so that one's not really, I don't think about anyone in particular, uh, but it's its about just like kind of having someone that was a part of your life uh, gone and then not there anymore. Either, you know, they still exist out there in the world or they're gone and just kind of about having, you know, like the lyrics are pretty literal as in like having a dream where you see them and wake up and they're not there and life is the way it is and not the way you wanted it to be in that dream kind of thing and then kind of realizing that maybe life is just perfect the way it is and that dream world doesn't matter but that that was kind of like the idea of that song and uh is it, it always sounded as a pretty song when i heard it in my head i never heard you know it louder than it ended up on the record. I just always actually heard Brandon's voice on it, and and uh, he was on our last record on a song, and it, it turned out beautiful. And I just knew that having him on this would make that song. Showing up in my dreams It seems so real I could touch your face I woke in some other place When the going's good It's really good And when it stops We know it stops It's hard Some other place. 
Murder weather, that's the smile case, and the going is good. Heard a couple more tunes uh, during the mix of that interview there. Two Feet and a Heartbeat was the one in the middle, dissonant to the first one, and all those on that record, which you can get through your streaming services or on Bandcamp. Thanks again to Ben for uh, having that chat with us. Uh, we got all sorts of places on there. Not that that's a bad thing, it's just, uh, you know, uh, about halfway through we realized, hey, maybe we should talk about your record. That's just about all the time we have for this week. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This has been the album drop. We'll be back in seven days with a brand new episode of this program, but if you can't wait that long, then I got some help for you. Go to our website, thealbumdrop.ca, where you can stream and download past episodes of this program. There's hundreds of them. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so connect with us there so that you can find out what's coming out on future episodes of the show. And uh, let me know what you think about what we're doing here. You can send me an email. It's phil at thealbumdrop.ca. We're going to leave you with the first new music in five years from the Black Keys. No word yet if they're going to be at record or this is just a single or what the deal is. But the song's called Low High. And if you like the old Black Keys stuff and Rolling So-So on the newer stuff, then you're going to dig this. Till next time, thanks for listening. I'm Phil Shurikawa.
Thanks for listening. Smell you later. This whole thing has gone on long enough. Bye. Have a beautiful time. If you missed anything or just can't get enough, check out thealbumdrop.ca. I'll be back. When will this insanity end? Can I finish? Please, can I finish? We'll be back next week. Okay, I'm finished.